Hello and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Dan Cave, Head of Content at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. Welcome back, Dan. Unfortunately, it's not sunny today. We've got some rain, but good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you very much, Soph. And even though it's not sunny, we are going to deliver to our audience a beneficial podcast on benefits, perks and well-being, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. And hopefully that will perk up your day as well. So as Dan said, in this week's podcast, we are going to talk about how work perks may change post-COVID, whether it's nap rooms, free snacks and drinks or on-site medical services or hangover days. There's a whole host of work perks out there that really do give employers a competitive edge to help engage, attract and retain talent. But why are they so important? So they are very, very important. I think it's because of one crucial reason. But before we get to that, I think like probably unfairly, Perks and benefits have kind of been sidelined as almost like frivolous or only allowed to be given out by Silicon Valley style firms. You know, the things I'm kind of talking about, ping pong tables, frothy coffee machines. I don't know, nap rooms actually look like hammocks. You've redesigned the office to look like a bit of a beach. And I think that's kind of like been the unfair pigeonhole or whatever that um, perks and benefits have got in the last few years. But actually, they aren't just this. They deliver some of the crucial things that HR owns. So uh, whether it's looking after talent, attracting talent, well-being of staff, productivity, offering flexible approaches to work for staff, all of this can be achieved or um, the achievement of it can be supplemented through perks and benefits. Um, it's not just Silicon Valley firms with all their, you know, like chocolate cereal for lunch machines or wh- whatever they have there. I don't know what they have there. So there's an obvious business case for firms to invest in comp and benefits. It's not just frivolous. Firstly, there's some, there's some really good stats that back this up. So companies that are highly rated on their benefits, perks and compensation approach see over 50% lower attrition than firms that have a less high rating, which is really good because it shows that you're keeping hold, hold of your staff and, you know, leading HR practitioners know that, you keep your talent, your business is going to be performing well. There's a direct correlation between that. So perks can help with that. Also, increasingly, staff, talent, people, they don't just see their compensation as merely financial remuneration every month. They see it as a whole package, and that is the type of work they'll be doing, how that work is set up, whether it's flexible, it's in an office, etc. And what perks and benefits they're getting. 60% these days are saying that perks and benefits are a top consideration when accepting a job offer. And also that all-important thing that HR now gets hit over the head with fairly regularly ROI. So is there an ROI on perks and benefits? Although there's not been a study into perks and benefits as a whole, if you look at a specific type of perks and benefits, health benefits, so whether that's uh, private healthcare, yoga lessons, gym pass, uh, healthy food in the office or healthy food given out to workers wherever they may be working, for every £1 spent on that type of benefits, there's a return on investment that ranges from £2 to £34 which is absolutely stupendous, really. So yes, basically, Perks of Benefits can help HR achieve everything that is tasked with achieving. So so it is very, very important. 
I mean, just some of those stats you were reading off then about the return on investment is truly amazing to think that something like investing in nap rooms, free snacks, those sorts of things, gym passes or yoga lessons could really have that much of a positive impact on an employee's well-being, but also on their engagement and their ability to, to stay at the business for as long as possible. And actually, this brings us on nicely to the next thing about kind of working from home. Obviously, a lot of people are still working from home, either in the short term or, or more permanently due to the pandemic. And it is clear that the way organisations are operating in a general sense has changed or is changing to align with the current crisis crisis and also in response to changing employee needs. So an example of this, which has been well reported, is the tech giant Twitter, which told staff earlier this year that they could work from home forever if they wanted to. And a previous BBC report detailed that this decision, the more permanent um, home working came after Twitter realised that its working from home measures were a success over the course of the pandemic. And in a statement at the time, they said, the past few months have proven we can make that work. So if our employees in a role and situation that enables them to work from home and they want to continue to do so forever, we will make that happen. And obviously, since the pandemic hit, employees have got a huge flavour of what it's like to work from home more permanently. Um, and it seems that there definitely is an appetite for this new way of working as, as time has gone on. For example, the BBC recently published research from a company called Eskenzi, which suggested that 91% of UK workers would like to work from home at least part time. In addition to this, on a more global scale, research from Gallup found that 59% of American employees now expect remote working to be a continuous fixture of their weekly schedule. So based on those two different stats there, it is clear that there is an increasing appetite for greater flexibility going forwards. And with that being the case and more businesses allowing greater flexibility over work schedules and the like, it's possible that some of the usual office perks that we referred to before, which are more sort of on-site such as drinks and snacks and various on-site facilities, won't be so relevant for those that continue to work remotely. Therefore, it is highly likely that employers will have to adapt their current offering or at least add things to their work perks portfolio to ensure that staff members can benefit from these things from the comfort of their own home. And this actually really nicely aligns with the story that we ran earlier this week on HR Grapevine about the US-based insurance firm, The Zebra, which has offered its staff members a £228 stipend to adopt a new pet. And I'm sure it's something that a lot of animal lovers will welcome at the business. And according to the New York Post, the firm will cover expenses up to £228 per year to help those who are welcoming a new cat or dog into the family. Um, And in a statement published on the firm's site, the CEO, Keith Melnick, alluded to the fact that this perk was designed to help remote staff feel less isolated when working during the pandemic. And he said, I know this kind of companionship can make a huge difference in quality of life, especially now that we're all working remotely for the foreseeable future. I want to make sure that anyone at the Zebra who wants to can experience that. And in addition to the, the pet adoption perk, they also offer paid time off for staff members to become acquainted with their new pets, a term which is often referred to as paternity leave. So in this instance, particularly, you can see that this firm, the Zebra, is tailoring and adding work perks to its corporate portfolio to help remote staff feel less isolated and to benefit their mental well-being and engagement, particularly while they're working from home. Having said that, though, 
So Zebra isn't the only company to have diversified and adjusted its work perks in response to the pandemic and also to align them with the changing needs of employees. For example, earlier this year, we reported on the fact that Google gave staff the equivalent of up to £800 to spend on making their home office more comfortable and kitting out with the necessary equipment to help them work more productively. Elsewhere, the job site indeed gave 10,000 staff members an additional six days of paid annual leave to help combat burnout and promote good employee wellbeing. So within this, staff are rewarded with an extra paid day's leave for each month worked up until November this year. And at the time, Helen Durkin, who is the employer brand programme manager indeed, said that they felt it was important employees could take some time for themselves. She said at the time, while our benefits exist to attract, engage and retain talent, they also play an important role in allowing us to rest and recharge. So just in this, the few examples that I reeled off there, companies have hit headlines about the new workers that they have introduced, particularly during the pandemic. Pandemic. Therefore, it is possible that the coronavirus crisis and even post-pandemic could change the HR department's approach to work perks going forwards. So what could those changes look like, Dan? I'm going to I'm going to be really controversial here and say that even though the pandemic has changed everything at their core, perks and benefits don't actually change. And this is because I think perks and benefits existed essentially as I stated at the start, like what, why are perks and benefits beneficial to HR? It's because they, they help HR achieve some of the things that it has to look after. And when they use strategically, they're actually doing the core thing, which is to ensure that staff and talent have a good working life, whether that's in a central place of work, like an office or now, you know, usually at home. And actually to help it deliver on things such as uh, getting the right talent in and looking after the well-being of, of staff. I think the zebra story that you went through, Soph, which is a really fantastic story, really highlights this, where the CEO probably, you know, alongside HR, realised that remote working had created a new problem for his company to, to deal with, which is potentialized isolation and some issues with mental well-being of staff. So he created a perk, literally out of, out of nothing, to help him achieve better well-being for staff and to, you know, fix some of the issues, social issues that isolation might cause. So there, the perk is being used strategically, exactly as a perk might be used before to fix, say, the health of the staff if they're sat down in an office all day, or if staff have to commute, maybe it's a season ticket loan. So to me, the perk is doing exactly the same thing there. It's just a tool for HR, for the leadership to fix an issue. It's exactly the same. But that's not to say that the nature of that perk or what that perk is might change. So it's about using that perk to fix whatever the issue is there. So maybe suddenly there'll be more practical necessities sparked by the pandemic, such as childcare. If you're working at home and schools, as they were at the start of this year, are closed, maybe childcare will be an issue. Maybe it's something you offer as a, as a perk. Uh, mental health support, as in with the, the Zebra pet offering, spending money on staff so they have home office equipment that is more ergonomic so it doesn't hurt their backs or their shoulders, et cetera, et cetera. And reality, though, the nature of perks already was changing. So in 2019, Robert Half did a study and found that the most common perks were flexible work and remote work. For many, that's now reality. So these probably are things that people expect as a, as a base standard. And for many, they are working from home and continue to do so for the rest of the work, which means they can't really be offered at, at perks now. So with remoteness and home working enforced, there's likely to be changes in, in types of offering. Maybe it will be that and, and things like city centre gyms or food in the office. Maybe it will change that employers now offer discounts on local gyms or some food deliveries if staff are working long hours on 
on projects. But some things have stayed the same. So before 2019, there was already a trend in offering perks to do with mental, financial and physical well-being. By 2019, almost 75% of all companies were offering some kind of perks and benefits offering that spoke to the well-being piece. So employees were already kind of using perks to fix what they, they thought was an issue amongst their staff. And, and I'd, I'd like to add a little bit there from a Forbes article that I was looking at as well, which is that probably going forward, work-life integration is probably going to be offered into the whole employee package, whether that is a considered a perk and benefit or not. So the person writing that article said people have really connected with family during this time. And that means that staff for talent is going to look for companies that build that into their contract or their perk and benefits package, that they have a lot of autonomy over how they choose to, to work. And this actually dovetails with what Stuart Bagnall, chief of culture at lastminute.com, has told HR Grapevine very, very recently, in fact. And so he was explaining that at lastminute.com, as kind of one of those glitzy travel brands, they had a lot of perks around travel and some in-office food. In fact, similarly to Google as well, who've recently changed some of their perks around staff being able to order order food that they might have got for free in the office as a perk. They've not they've been banned from doing that at home now. And what Stuart was saying last minute.com, obviously they had all those travel perks. Travel's been clamped down a lot recently. They had all these food, drink, quite exciting social things in the office. That glitzy stuff might change. For him, he was saying that uh, actually going forward, he thinks perks benefits are all going to centre around what people now value. And, it, and it's that flexibility, that autonomy, that focus on their well-being, because obviously focus on well-being this year has been heightened by the nature of the coronavirus pandemic and staff having more choice over what they want. So I guess the final line there is the the frivolous nature that that pigeonholing of perks and benefits is frivolous, as glitzy, as, as exciting. Now it's about how can you deliver for staff so they can live the life that they want to do and look after their own wellness. So, so that's how I think it's going to change going forward. So this is actually what the work perk, who are specialists in the perk and benefits industry, have seen from the market. And they're confident that this is the direction that perks and benefits are going to go, that it's not going to be about glitzy, in-office perks and bends going forward. It's going to be about what staff actually want, whether it's making their communication, working from home that easier, so using feedback tools, making contact with staff easier, and more bespoke things that make work life at home that much better to deal with. So yeah, they're basically saying that it will be about what staff actually value rather than this blanket approach with glitzy, frivolous perks. Well, it's definitely a very interesting topic to discuss. And for those of you that are keen to hear more about the future of rewards and benefits, we're actually hosting a virtual event called Employee Reward Benefits and Wellbeing, Our New World, which is taking place on the 23rd and 24th of September. And within this virtual experience, you'll have the opportunity to hear expert insights from our content partners, including Unmind and Reward Gateway, as well as senior leaders in the HR space from brands, including Brewdog and LastMinute.com. And it's free to register. So please do head over to virtual.hrgrapevine.com if you're keen to find out more. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market lead and research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. Music.